1: Welcome into another Tuesday edition of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, Haley Sutton, Aisha Morrison, Jess Navarez. Uh, Before we dive into this, I want to give a huge shout out as we get started to my girl Jess. Oh. Naturally, I sound terrible. I I got hit with the flu on Christmas Day, so it has been a miserable week to say the least. And then my flu morphed into laryngitis, so I am recovering from laryngitis. And Jess, last minute, y'all, last minute I text her and I'm like... We need someone to do the flashback show on Monday. Can you get up here and do it? Just did flashback. She crushed it, y'all. It aired on Bali yesterday. We're getting it up on YouTube. So go check it out. Hey, and then, Hailey. and then, y'all, it gets better. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then five, or I guess it was more like a couple hours before, we needed someone else to also do press conference live. And I said, Jess, no pressure. Uh, do you want to do this? And Jess was like, Shh, when and where? I'll do it. She crushed that. Mickey had very nice things to say Aww, about your show yesterday. Mickey, so, he was so nice. Mm, Jazzy, cue the applause Thank for you. Jess Navarez so stepping sweet. in. Thanks, guys. Pinch hitting. So happy to wanna... have oh. someone step in while I'm... Um, McSiggy. Oh, McSiggy. well, I would like
2: to just say thank you. Like it is, it is so amazing to work with with people and and you specifically that is just has this energy that always wants to see other people to succeed and thrive. And it's not. There's not a lot of people in this world that think that success can go any which way. There's a lot of selfish people that want the success for only themselves. So nah. you set other people up for success. <laughs> me, I've experienced it. Aisha's experienced it. Everybody that comes in contact with you experiences it. So we love you, Hailey. Aw, you guys. And her Starting voice sounds so good today. <laughs> like, I just wanted to say, yesterday- <laughs> Yesterday, I was like this. She called me, and I was like, is that Hailey? <laughs>
3: I wasn't expecting that when she came in. Uh, I no. like, when
2: she, when I answered her phone call yesterday, I was like, "Hello." Is it you? <laughs> I didn't it know was that like, it was really It was you.
1: like the ghost of me. So yeah, it's been it's been a, it's been a rough week, but I appreciate Jess stepping in. Kyle has stepped in a couple of times to do it, so it's obviously a team effort. Uh, but I wouldn't be here with without you guys. So really excited to get back on track. Really excited to talk a little bit of cowboys. Uh, unfortunately, we kind of have to shift the uh, energy. Um, just to kind of stay up to date with everything that's been happening with Bill's safety, Demar Hamlin. It's obviously something that we've been watching all day long. Uh, all the media outlets are speaking about it, and rightfully so. Uh, so I do want to start our segment off just by saying, number one, like we are wishing the best. Uh, I think I speak for all of us when I say I was glued to Twitter, glued to all of the major outlets last night. You know, just praying for an update, praying that this young man was okay. Uh, so really scary stuff that I kind of just want to surround table talk. Before we get into that, though, I want to read the very latest on him. Uh, it's actually interesting. It's up on NFL Network right now as well. The family has released a statement. Uh, the NFL also released a statement about the game, that it will not be rescheduled. There's no decision, according to the NFL, regarding the possible resumption of a game at a later date. That, of course, though, is not the story. The story is Demar Hamlin, this guy who is really fighting for his life, went into cardiac arrest. Uh, had to be resuscitated on the field. And I I can't imagine what those guys on the field experienced yesterday. I can't imagine what anyone at that game experienced yesterday. And it's one of those things uh, that really makes you put everything in perspective.
3: Yeah, definitely took a step back and reevaluated. Just I think it gives everyone an opportunity to kind of reevaluate how we look at this game. I will say on this here podcast, this one right here, <laughs> we constantly – Harp How much these gentlemen are human and how important their lives after this game are and and things of that nature. So um, to see the overwhelming response to what's happening is a lot of reflection. And um, it was it was definitely scary. Me and Jess were talking about it this morning.
2: Yeah, I think um, it's a a realization that nobody ever wants to have in that way, that these players are human. And it's something that we say day to day, but you really don't understand the magnitude of that until something like this happens. And this tragedy, you know, it's what it is. It's it's tragic for him. It's tragic for everybody that had to be there and and see their brother, their teammate, their son um, in, in that state on the field. And I just can't stress it enough that you know going forward, I hope that everybody keeps that same mindset with these players. Mm-hmm. They are human all the time, whether they're playing football, whether they're driving, whether they're doing anything. They are human, and um, I, I think the one thing that has come out of this that just speaks volumes is the amount of generosity of people donating to um, his toy drive. I, last I checked, it was at three million. Yeah,
1: I. I- I was keeping up with it throughout the day, and and once it kind of crossed that $3 yeah, yeah, it's incredible, really, just to see how a community can rally together in that regard. I want to read the update from his family. And I wanted to say, too, before I read this, this is one of those situations. It reminded me a lot of when the helicopter crash with Kobe Bryant and Gigi Bryant happened, Mm. and so many people were pulling the trigger and trying to report what was happening. So I really have been doing my best just to make sure that, the information that I'm retaining Absolutely. and yep. sharing is coming from, yep. you know, direct sources. This is the statement that came from the family of Damar Hamlin. It reads, on behalf of our family, we want to express our sincere gratitude for the love and support shown to Damar during this challenging time. We are deeply moved by the prayers, kind words, and donations from fans across the country. We also want to acknowledge the dedicated first responders and healthcare professionals at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center who have provided ex- Exceptional care to Damar. We feel so blessed to be a part of the Buffalo Bills organization and to have their support. We also want to thank Coach Taylor and the Bengals for everything they've done. Your generosity and compassion mean the word, world to us. They ended it with saying, please keep Damar in your prayers. We'll release updates as soon as we have them. Of course, the last update we got is that he was in critical condition. Uh, he has had a intubator put in to help him breathe but he did suffer a cardiac arrest on the field yesterday so it it really just puts a lot into perspective i was really really proud of the guys this morning on talking cowboys because i feel like this is one of those situations that is so incredibly hard to navigate i was talking to marcel my boyfriend last night and and one of the things we talked about is like this business is so fun until it's not Mm, and and the reason why we all get into sports is is to cover the fun stuff to cover the games to get to know these players to share their stories and I thought you know obviously last night the ESPN crew did incredible that is a situation that was unprecedented and and they navigated it very well Uh, specifically Lisa Salters who was on the ground reporting you want to talk about a role model that was (laughs) Lisa Salters did it. Yep. Uh, Scott Van Pelt did a magnificent Ryan job. Florida. Ryan Clark, uh, Booger McFarlane, that whole crew, Susie yep. and uh, Adam Schefter. So really hats off to them. But I thought in-house, and this is only because I listened to the Talking Cowboys podcast this morning, I thought Patrick and Kyle and Isaiah did such a phenomenal job of carrying on that same energy of of talking about the emotions of it. Isaiah sharing a lot of personal stuff. Patrick really sharing some emotional stuff. And Kyle navigating that conversation. I thought that everyone has done a really good job speaking today, but that one really stood out. Um, so it, it's it's difficult. It's one of those things in sports that you never want to see. As we mentioned, it's unprecedented, but we obviously extend our thoughts, our prayers, our condolences to Hamlin, to his family. Uh, I'll close it out with whatever you guys, if you guys want to add anything else, and then we'll take our first break and transition into Cowboys.
2: Yeah, I just want to say we're all better when we come together. And I think the amount of prayers and love that is just being sent to DeMar through Twitter, even online, um, through media outlets is just so incredible to see. And it's powerful, y'all. When people come together and do not separate and they come together for a a bigger purpose than themselves, in this case, it's, you know, somebody's life that could have been, you know, tragically taken away, doing something he loved. And um, in that fashion, just so suddenly, just, Hug somebody you love today. Tell them you love them. Um, never take any moment for granted. You just unfortunately never know what can happen.
3: Yeah, and lastly, I just wanted to add that I know the NFL has come out and even talked about doing going above and beyond for the mental mental health care of uh, every NFL team. Um, if you have players that are affected or have were affected by what they see, they saw obviously the Bills players and the Bengals players that were there on site that had to witness that. Um, I've personally seen, uh, obviously being a service member, just seeing something similar in those in those ways and understanding that in those moments they stick with you. Like, it sticks with you. And so I just think it's important that the NFL has offered that and that these guys, if you do need help, that you reach out. That you reach out. And it's okay to reach out in this situation. And I just wanted to say that.
1: Yeah, I, and I know, like you said, a lot of outlets have provided those resources uh, online to – Uh, the players who need it. And I also, I know you touched on this, that we speak a lot about the players on this podcast and how this is a player's first uh, business. It should be. That's how we treat it. Uh, But I think it's important to note as we wrap up that uh, it's times like this where you really appreciate a Mike McCarthy who, you know, has done so much for, you know, how he takes care of his players. We obviously didn't get a chance to speak to him today. I imagine, you know, we'll hear a little bit tomorrow just on his thoughts if he speaks, but uh, it's just one of those times where you appreciate that the Mike McCarthy's, the Zach Taylor's, uh, the Sean McDermott's who really stopped and they said, no, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that that is, is very important. I think it's really good that everyone is having these conversations, just like you said. So again, we will continue to think of Demar We will continue to stay updated and keep you guys up to the minute on that. But we just wanted to open the show and just talk a little bit about the importance of these players being people first. With that being said, we're going to talk about the Cowboys players on the other side of the break. We're going to talk a little bit of that Titans game since it's been such a long time since we've seen it and a possible clinching of the NFC East. We will discuss the scenarios when we return on Girls Talk, Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw Dating
0: All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with a recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit pepsitrashtalk.com to learn more.
1: Girls Talk, good Lord. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to pass it over to Jess immediately. Girl, I got you. Let's talk NFL Fan of the Year because, because oh my goodness,
2: James Wright is your 2022 Cowboys Fan of the Year. James brings the spice to every Dallas Cowboys game and now needs your help to bring him to the Super Bowl. Vote for James to be the ultimate title of the NFL Fan of the Year presented by Captain Morgan by casting your vote at nfl.com fan of the year. Go help our guy James out. Yeah, he's
1: he's a great guy. I've never met him, but I've seen all the videos of him. Yeah. He is... Uh...
2: He looks fun. You good? Huh? Did you just squeak? I got chills. She was... <laughs> The thought of James winning fan of the year, David oh, chills. that's like, that. yeah, that's
3: electrifying, you know? <laughs> nah, I, I got cold. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, let's talk a little Dallas Cowboys, because I feel like we haven't had an opportunity to talk Dallas Cowboys. It's been so long since this team has taken the field. It's really been, you know, we had a, an abbreviated locker room yesterday, but not a ton of availability, but we will get into who was in there in a minute. But as we know, the Cowboys are officially 12-4 and after beating Tennessee 27-13 to on Thursday night football. It wasn't a pretty good game guys like we we know we know the interceptions are still happening we know that the defense is still trying to figure it out uh, but there were a lot of positives coming from that game the big one is that the NFC East is still wide open thanks to the uh East. the the Eagles the Eagles decided they wanted to make this one fun they didn't want to take the easy route <laughs> yeah, which that's fine it's fine, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> like whatever it's fine uh, they lost to the Saints on Sunday uh so i i was it was so funny i was in Nick's office kind of chatting about this earlier just talking about this Scenarios in which uh, the Cowboys can win. So as it stands right now, Philadelphia is in first place of the East at 13 and three. Dallas is in second at 12 and 4. And as we know, the Giants are at 9 and 6 and 1. All three of those teams are in the playoffs. The Commanders, however, are not. They are out seven, eight, and one. But I imagine this will still be a pretty competitive game for them coming up on Sunday. So just a lot to talk about from that Thursday night game in particular. Uh, there were like I said, there were a lot of positives. Mm-hmm. Cowboys won the defense, I feel like is the energy kind of figuring really good. out. Yeah. Yeah. But I just want to open up the floor to you guys. What it's been a minute, but but what stands out to you about that Tennessee game, you know, with that 27-13 win?
2: Downham mm. Oh, I guess oh, okay, sorry. Somebody <laughs> passed by and it was like squirrel. Um <laughs> Sorry. What stood out to me was, you know, I think when it comes to style points, like everybody keeps referencing for this game, what does it matter? A win is a win, is a win, is a win, is a win. The Cowboys went out there. Was it pretty? No. But y'all, if you were playing three games in 12 days, would you go out there and win for style points? No. Those guys had been going and going and going for 12 days straight. And yes we talk about the physical part of playing those games but the mental part of having to change your game plan three times in a row Mm -hmm. to sit there and oh i have to go after this guy oh wait no uh the next game's here this guy three games in 12 days that's a lot for these guys and so i was just happy to see them pull off the win um you know and and keep their potential taking over the nfc east dreams alive i mean really that's they had one job it was to go out there and win and they've been doing that so Anytime you have a team that can win twelve games in the season, back-to-back it's back seasons, it's impressive. Since nineteen ninety four and nineteen ninety five, that's the last time that the Cowboys did that. But um, yeah, look, I'm I'm happy for them. I think they deserved this
3: mini buy, if you will. Oh, absolutely. And I wanted to add on to what you said in regard to uh, just how much it was for them like game planning wise um Dobbs wasn't listed as the starter until that day so just having to prepare for multiple quarterbacks and stuff like hopefully that pays dividends to them late for them later but two positives i took from this game uh defensively I heard Dan Quinn talk about it yesterday in his in his press conference is that he feels that he's starting to get a better better handle on that secondary rotation which looks like it's going to be Trayvon Diggs uh Nashon Wright and or, and or Duran bland and so that rotation, getting some st- some steadiness, them getting better in communication is going to be very important moving forward because you're going to be going against some of these great quarterbacks. But then also on the defensive side of the ball, I really felt like the D-lines energy, specifically Tank and Bo and those guys, um, you could tell that they're – They were just up for this game, and even though as the game went on, you could see some of the wear set in, I was still pleased with the energy from the defense moving forward, and offensively, they can pass the ball when they need to, and that's a big deal. Like this last couple of games, Kellen Moore has shown that if the run game is not completely there, they're not afraid for Dak to go beat you in that way. And even though we don't want that consistently, just there are potential situations that you're going to run into in the playoffs where you're going to have to do that. And moving forward, I think that's healthy. You
1: yeah. Go. I want to stick with the defense because I think that it has been – I know for me it's been really frustrating, and I try not to listen to the outside noise, very similar to like how the players talk. But it's been very frustrating just to – you know when you think about where this team started defensively and where they've mm-hmm. kind of gone – I know that there's no excuses in the grand scheme of things because football is football. Everybody's tough, and everybody's dealing with their own personal issues within their franchise. But when you think about what this defense has been through, I mean, you lost Jordan Lewis. You lost Anthony Brown. The, I mean, the injuries have just racked up and racked up and racked up everywhere across the board. Leighton Vander we didn't know how important Leighton Vander was. Mm-hmm. Until we lost him, and now all it's like, we need Leighton Vandrash back. Jonathan Hankins. Yeah, Jonathan Hankins Jonathan has been out. Anthony, season. like, I mean, you could just go on and on and on about mm-hmm. the guys who have been out, and sure, like, have they been elite the way they were at the beginning of the season? No, I think it's fair to say that, but but what drives me nuts, and again, like, it's all about, like, not listening to the outside noise, but yeah. what drives me nuts is, like, you have to be able to look at the now and you have to be able to recognize, like, this is what this team is doing with what they have, And a player who, and you're going to love this, a player who I have been really impressed with uh, over the last couple of weeks. I've tried to subtly tweet about it, but Donovan Wilson, to me, is the MVP of this defense, without a doubt. I am upset that he is not a pro bowler this year. I am upset that he is not getting more attention than what he has, because that man, the way he plays back there, yeah, he's like a linebacker, but not. Yeah, you know is, what I mean. That's what, yeah. that's, what he, that's what he is, the, 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 uh, and and yeah, it's just ahead. it's just insane when you think about the numbers that he's putting up. Like I was looking at him this week and what he did, and he had a sack for a loss of five yards, a QB hurry and a TFL. Mm-hmm. Donovan Wilson. Like, this yeah. is not DeMarcus Lawrence who we're talking about. This is not Micah Parsons. This is Donovan Wilson. It's his fifth run. That you're talking about. It's his fifth one. It's his yes. fifth one yeah. Right? his fifth Yeah, his fifth sack this year. Uh, he leads the NFL in safeties with sacks this year, also tied with Bill Bates for the most sacks in a season by a Cowboys safety since 1982. So the things that he's being able to do at that safety position is such a luxury because I'm not really sure that there's a guy playing the way he's playing oh, yeah. right now yep. how much of a luxury is he you know what I mean oh no,
3: yeah he's a he's a luxury just in general the safeties and what in the way that Dan Quinn is able to use them but Donovan in particular and what he does in the box and helping stop the run but really just he sets the tone in such a way earlier in games when he comes down and he's thumping people it's like okay everybody has to play like that and I think that Dan Quinn said that he's like the thermostat, and that's clear. But for Donovan, and I'm actually very happy for him because staying healthy has been the thing for him, and he's stayed healthy this season and contributed. And I want to say this is the first season he's been fully healthy in a very long time, and being on the field has allowed him to show – people what he's capable of and for people to see who he is this is a big year for him this is a big year for him moving forward and I'm glad that Dan Quinn was able to get in here and utilize him in all the ways that I think a lot of us expected for him to be utilized when he was drafted
2: Yeah. And just going through his stats from 2019 to 2022, again, keep in mind there were some injuries here and there with all Mm -hmm. of that, but the jump he has made in 2022 is so phenomenal, so undeniable. I mean, 97 combined tackles this season so far, and it's not even over. We still have one more week of the regular season, y'all. And something I did want to mention was seven tackles for loss. Donovan Wilson has been so key in making sure that those offenses are staying behind the chains because we've seen that. When you have an offense in a first, second down situation, you can keep pushing them back and they have to go third and long. That is when this defense is so successful and they're thriving. Donovan Wilson has been an absolute beast uh, in that c- component of the defense right there. So flowers to Dono because, <laughs> oh my goodness, it's just, it's amazing to see these players take a jump in what they'll do when the culture is right for them and when things feel right for them and they're bought into it and they're just... They're feeling it. So Dono's a perfect
1: example of that, I think. I agree. He's like a rocket. Yeah, that's (laughs) the best way to say that's the best way to
3: to describe him. His speed, like, I don't know if his like running speed shows how fast he looks on on film. I would actually have to go back and look at like what his forty was, but it just when he's flying around, he looks faster than everybody else. He's our baby Cam Chancellor.
1: I'm Googling his forty time. Because I now I'm. Curious. Oh, I definitely want
3: to know. Because some guys look fast on film, and then some
1: guys like just run fast, or vice versa. Okay, here we go. Uh, oh, he did not run a 40 at the combine. Oh. We're telling his business. So there we <laughs> go. I know. He did not run a 40. So oh, that's oh. that. <laughs> Never mind. Well, he's fast. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's fast. Y'all well, no,
2: Exposing no, no. Donovan Wilson everywhere. No, end. no, no.
3: I am glad that you brought him up, though. I really am. I'm glad that you brought him up. Because yeah. he's helped so much in this run defense and trying to improve and get better. And just having the versatility of him being able to come down in a big nickel um, is helped his defense. Yeah. For the most
1: part. Yeah. I think he's. I think he has been tremendous. I've also been incredibly impressed with uh, Nishan Wright. Yes, back-to-back weeks where he has led the team in solo tackles. Mm -hmm. Uh, But just to get that first interception, I think it's been really cool just to see his development. You know, he's been inactive on and off throughout the beginning of the season uh, and then stepping in when it mattered most. I think going into the game last week prior to the Titans he was a little bit shaky you know just mm. trying to find his footing uh, but i like how he finished and i really enjoyed how he played last week he just played with a lot of confidence and you guys know i love when these guys are going out there and they play with a lot of confidence so he gets his yep. first career interception he also had 2b two, 2 pass breakups so i think he is a really been a surprise he's to a me. smart guy yeah.
3: he's a smart guy he's it's, he's even made some plays like clock management-wise, just keeping guys um, out of bounds or keeping them from get out of bounds and stuff. But he's just, I, I really like also, too, and this is something we've been seeing lately, with Deron Bland and with Nayshawn Wright, these guys are not afraid to come up and tackle in the run. yeah. And that's giving you a lot of support. Um, Nayshawn Even if he misses or something, he's going to come up. He's going to tackle. He's physical. And he played injured a lot of that game, too. I know Christy talked to Mm -hmm. us about it the other day, but he did. And for him to tough it out and finish, you're going to need him. You're going to need him. And you're also going to need him to be confident, like you were just talking about, and confident in what he's doing. And he's seeming like the wheels are starting to turn for him.
2: A couple things I wanted to mention. Going back to Donovan Wilson real quick. He is in fact a free agent at the end of the season, so we'll say that out loud. Donovan Wilson <laughs> earning his uh, contract. It would seem. So I just wanted to point that out. Um Good I, point. I thought it for sh- I thought he was, but I wanted to double check before I spit in, spit out some facts. I don't <laughs> want to give y'all any incorrect uh, information on here. But uh, going back to Nation Wright, I think what people don't realize about the cornerback position is it's how short. difficult that position is. It's because short. obviously you're going to give up yards. That is just the nature of the position. But he has shown growth, and he's shown exponential growth in the last couple of weeks. When really, I mean, there's no there's no other option for him. Mm. It was a real make or break type situation, and he's making it. And he is doing the best um, to his ability, and he's being impactful. So, really, all I can ask for a guy like Nechon Wright, who's stepping in there uh, in that position that desperately needed the help um, to make that defense have their. Their fear back in them and and feeling and feeling fully confident. um I, I really respect what he's doing and I'm excited to continue to see him growing.
1: I think it's also important to note that the defense will hopefully be getting a boost in the next couple of games. The biggest one uh, standing out to me this upcoming Sunday is getting Leighton Van Der Esch back. Uh, he spoke in the locker room yesterday and he has pretty much given himself a full go. Uh, he, <laughs> yeah, good yeah, good <laughs> guy. Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty confident that uh, he's ready to come back. Of course, he's been dealing. With that uh, pinched nerve in his neck slash shoulder, so obviously, especially with someone who has dealt with neck and spinal injuries in the past, important to take the time uh, you need to recover for that. But he is pretty confident that he'll come back. And and kind of like I mentioned at the top of this, you know, you never realize sometimes how important some of these guys are because they're like quiet leaders. You know, I've been saying that yeah, about Demarcus is. Lawrence mm-hmm. for the last couple of games. You know, he's your he's your vocal leader on the yeah. defense to Marcus Lawrence's, but some of the stuff that he's been doing in the trenches has been really impressive. He might not be lighting up the stat sheet the way we're used to, but he's done some really impressive stuff. I feel the same way about Leighton Van Der Esch and the season that he was having, but I think you never wish injury on a player, but I think it took that injury for a lot of people to go like... Phew. Wow, like he is actually incredibly necessary for the Cowboys defense. Yeah, he's
3: so smart. Um he's so, like uh, Layden is such a smart player, a cerebral player and getting guys lined up the right way, you know, even last this last game I felt like he might have could <coughs> have used him because the way that the way that um The way that the Titans were lining up and and doing stuff in their alignment and stuff, like you could have used the latent telling your guy to, telling telling Bo to move over a little bit or angle a little better, because he does that. Like he sees things before, and I am actually thrilled to see he and Damone Clark maybe get some opportunity with how well he reads, plus Damone's speed could definitely. help out with some of these edge runs and some of the stuff that people are doing to you, and I'm excited because they talked about earning the pass rush, Mm -hmm. and what you're starting to see is the Cowboys have gotten better with their run defense as of late, but if they can hamper down for sure and then put people in long passing Mm -hmm. positions, it could open up things even more, so hoping for that run defense to get even better than what it's already improved to be because it's gotten better as the season's going on, and let's get it. Let's get it. <laughs> I'm excited for like, you're <laughs> like, Pumping me up. But I'm, I'm one like, of those yeah, people. Let's get it. I was one of those people.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you're right was, because yeah. you're like, you know, you don't recognize the impact that he's making until all of a sudden he's not there. And I mean, I feel like that you can you can say that about a lot. Anthony Brown, I think, is another oh, example yeah. of that. Chronicles. To where like Anthony Brown definitely didn't get enough credit until mm-hmm. all nope. of a sudden it was it was Kelvin Joseph or Bust for yeah. a minute, and then we were like
3: Terrence. <laughs> I mean, Terrence too. I was like, yeah. Lord. Not yeah.
2: Terrence! Yeah. No, I think as far as LVE, I mean, he is somebody that I think when the contract negotiations came up at the beginning of the season, Everyone was so quick to be like, oh, a one-year contract for LVE, why? <laughs> you know, and this is why. Right. Because, again, you want to talk about another free agent, LVE. He is earning his next contract uh, this season with the amount of production that he has had. What, what's kind of jarring to me is comparing his 2018, his rookie season, to now. I, I feel like, you know, had this injury not occurred, he would have had similar stats at the end of the regular season um which is interesting to say because he was already let's see he had 140 combined tack uh combined tackles in 2018 he was at 90 pre-injury so you're telling me with a few weeks that he was averaging as many tackles as he was he would have been pretty close to his rookie season he already was uh in 2018 he had two tackles for loss in uh He had four already he actually had no sacks uh, in 2018. He had one so far this season. So I'm very excited for Leighton Vander I think when you see a player get a pulse like this again and kind of a new found energy, I want to say that this new energy that Leighton has is even better than rookie season energy from Leighton Van Esch, who was howling and had the whole stadium howling back in 2018.
1: But I love that.
2: What I love what is that it's back. It's back when Leighton was making plays at AT&T stadium. People were howling again. And, I love that for him. He deserves that. He deserves that spotlight from the fans. So, go Leighton. I can't wait to see him come back. And uh, credit to the mentorship he's given Demone Clark, because Mm. uh, a lot of things that you're seeing from Demone Clark, Leighton Vandrush is still working with him behind the curtains here. And not only with the football mind, but the returning from injury kind of mindset Mm -hmm. as well. And I think that's so important um, to give Leighton credit that, you know, Damone can kind of lean on him with that veteran leadership um, to navigate returning from an injury as, you know, severe as as they had in the neck area um, there as well. So
1: interesting stuff. Yeah, when I talked to uh, Damone, I did a feature with him uh, earlier in the season, and that was one of the things that he talked about was, you know, it was easy to confine in someone like Leighton because not only do they play the same position, but they have the same injury, a very similar way of finding out as well, so uh, that's always been something that I always think about. They kind of go in tandem, and you'll see it too, like I love whenever I'm editing some of these pieces and I get to go through and I get to look at all of the video that all of our team uh, shoots, like Alex when he's doing sounds of the sideline, and my favorite clips are always the ones where um, again Alex shoots these and they're on the bench and it's Leighton and Damone and they're sitting on the bench. And the way that Leighton is like mentoring, mm-hmm. and it's it's not like a I'm the I'm the leader, I'm the older guy, like I'm telling you how it is. It's very much like Leighton is laid back sharing his experiences with Damone, and Damone's like, yeah. He's always intense. Yeah. yeah, he's intense. Yeah, because in yeah. he loves learning. And that's one of my favorite things about Demone too. Like for him to be a rookie. And to absorb the information that he has. He was on Cowboys Hour with us a couple of weeks ago. And I started of asked him, I'm like, bro, like what's your motivation? Like what keeps you, you know, so locked in all the time? And he's like, well, I'm not at my best yet. Like, I'm not at my best. So, like, why would I not continue to learn and, and be the best I can be if I'm not at my best? Okay. And and I, I love that energy from Damone. I think that this defense has been banged up. They've really done the best with what they've had over the last couple of weeks. There's still some issues. I mean, they gave up uh, 317 total net yards to Tennessee Titans who weren't playing their starters. No Derrick Henry in that. We have to keep that as a factor when you when you talk about that Tennessee Titans team. Uh, they had three turnovers. Um, the penalties were down, though, three Of 35 yards. So the penalties were down. They only gave up 97 net rushing yards. So a lot of positives to talk about, but uh, still some things to work on that I'm sure Dan Quinn is going to address later this week. Let's go ahead and take our second break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Cowboys offense, what went well from them in that Titans game, and how they can improve going into the final game of the regular season. This is Girls Talk Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw Dating.
3: Try
0: our classic Angel Food or the new Angel Food Slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day.
1: Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to spend the last couple of minutes talking about the Cowboys offense, but we're going to spend the next few seconds listening to Jess.
2: Well, this is how we country. Country music's party of the year is coming to the Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. The Academy of Country Music Awards are always bringing you country music's biggest stars together under one roof. And no one does country like Texas Yeehaw. Witness history on May 11th. Get your tickets at SeatGeek.com. I was dying to put that Yeehaw on. I don't right. know
1: why you lol
3: well, I was not ready for it this is how we country it's right here,
1: ah, 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 it's ah, right ah, here.
3: like from Step Brothers. yeah <laughs> that's what i thought about immediately
2: girl it's I'm right here like, this <laughs> is how we country how was how i supposed good? to say it
3: the only way i can say those words like this is how it's gonna be so but you I, wanted me gotta, to say it like that?
2: No. Next I time I'll say it like that. Just read. That's how
3: I heard it. I'm sorry.
2: I'm trying to see when we have that read again because I'm going to say it like that. You better not laugh. Please don't. Oh, my
1: gosh. Well, I didn't mean, uh, I didn't mean We're going to quickly pivot away from country. This is how we country. We're going to pivot back to uh, the Dallas Cowboys offense that uh, put up 27 points against the Tennessee Titans. Dak Prescott, 29 of 41, which we're going to get into. 29 of 41 for 282 yards, two touchdowns two interceptions one of which was not his fault but the other one was i'm over him and i I <laughs> he's just I, having uh, that
3: year like he just he just he 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 like on an on a like a a huge scale ranks it like ranks it like the bottom of the league ever and how many interceptions he throwing so this year is just like yeah it's gonna happen. Yeah.
1: I it's uh here's here's what I don't like about it is that I'm not discrediting I'm not discrediting Dak's ability. I've said this over and over again on this podcast. I'm not discrediting his ability, I'm not discrediting the way he's played. I think he's been phenomenal when you think about everything else that's come into play. Uh but the problem is, is now when you're facing a Dak Prescott you are facing a quarterback that you can almost guarantee will throw at least one interception in a game. Yep. And I was talking to Nate Newton about this on Thursday. I always watch the game, the uh, away games with the guys in the studio. Uh, and I love it because I get so much insight from him and Nate and Isaiah and Barry and Kyle when he's in there too. And I was talking to Nate about it. And Nate said, I said this eight weeks ago when he came back and he was you know, getting back in the groove and the interceptions started happening. I, I said this eight weeks ago. You don't want to become that quarterback mm. that – is expected to throw interceptions because what starts happening is is now these guys are jumping you or now these guys are reading how you're reading and being able to to pick you off maybe a little bit easier because they know that at some point in the game, you're going to throw an interception. And so I have said this time and time again on this podcast, Dak Prescott, if you're listening to me, please, please figure it out. Yeah, knock it
2: off. (laughs) You know what's interesting is that, that got me thinking. I went back. And I'm here on my favorite website. I just, I always like to go back and, and reference things. 2016, Dak Prescott's rookie year, he had four interceptions, but then 2017, he had 13. That's only one less than what he has right now at 14. Um, another high interception rate, 2019 with 11, and then 2021 with 10. Something to note though, Every single time Dak Prescott has had a playoff appearance, there's been at least one interception in those games. So, it needs to stop, obviously, (laughs) but... What also I think needs to improve to make it better, because it's one thing to say, oh, Dak, stop doing that. No, let's let's dissect it a little bit, because it's not fair to say all 14 of those are on Dak Sure, card. We know that. Sure. We, we, we dissect that every week. I think silly mistakes need to stop happening as well, whether it's ball security, miscommunication, all of those things that we've been talking about for weeks. Those things need to be secured first and foremost. And then, yes, figure out what is going on with the ones that are Dak's fault. Um you know, maybe misreading things, his eyes not being in the right spot, whatever the issue is, they forcing need. the ball
1: into double coverage. It's the Correct. It's they, the they
2: need to lock down on what it is and and fix it. But just something to note there, I thought that was that was interesting. The twenty seventeen season, uh he had thirteen interceptions, right now he has fourteen.
1: Yeah, I will say, uh like I said, he's not a bad quarterback. Like I yeah. I I know that we know and most of the people in this industry, know that Dak Prescott's not a bad quarterback. He's fifth in the NFC in passing uh, with 69.2 completion percentage. That's good for second in the NFL. And he's third in touchdown percentage in the NFL. So this is a guy who knows what he's doing. He's got 22 touchdowns this year, which is impressive, given that he's done that in 11 games when the rest of these guys have had, you know, 17 games up until this point. So I think that that is really important to note. But uh, to me, and I will say this, Again and again and again, uh, T.Y. over OBJ all day, every day. When you talk about wanting the whole conversation surrounding OBJ was that we wanted to bring in a guy who was going to make an immediate impact. Mm -hmm. We wanted to bring in a guy who was going to have explosive play, who was going to be a difference maker, who was going to draw some of the coverage away from C.D. Lamb. And you have to make a decision on where you're going to put your put your coverage. T.Y. Hilton has had five catches in a Dallas Cowboys uniform, three of which – I'm sorry, four of which have been for third down. Have been for third down. In this last game alone, he had, in the first quarter, a third and five catch for seven yards. Second quarter, third and three, a catch for 12 yards. In the second quarter, again, first and 10, a three-yard catch didn't really matter. But in the third quarter, he had a third and 10 for 28 yards. I do not think that there is a player who understands the assignment more than what T.Y. Hilton does. And, again, we're not surprised because he told us and he tells us every week. But I I just don't know. It makes me – I want to be in the room when these guys in the front office are making these decisions. And I really want to know, like, did y'all know? Like, did y'all really, really, really know that T.Y. Hilton was going to come in here and be a difference maker like this?
3: No, I wonder, like, I was listening to Jerry earlier, and he was like, we jumped right on him as soon as we knew he was available. And I know there's probably other teams in the NFL that are kicking themselves because this T.Y. right here looked like, you know, his legs are fine. Like, he looks Fine, like, (laughs) OTY. And I think if a lot of teams thought that that's what they were getting, they might have taken the chance. Again, I don't know if the Cowboys just were the first one in and they, they figured it out. But he's been everything that you were really hoping for just a, I think he's a steady addition to this offense and I know that defenses are exhausted on what to do on <laughs> exhausted. third down because no I'm just being honest with no, you yeah, because on third down like the Cowboys are already really efficient on third down but to have the capability to be even more efficient now and you know obviously CD is a third down monster as well so mm-hmm. now you got two yeah I think it's going to be difficult um moving forward for teams to decide who they're going to roll coverage to and, and cover up in those situations.
2: Going back to your, your comment about, was it other teams not seeing the impact potential of T.Y. Hilton? Was it that? Or was the other teams are just not built like the Dallas Cowboys to uh, create those kind of impact opportunities for T.Y.? Because really – this is a special team that he could come into the locker room, make an immediate impact, and you can't really say that for a lot of teams across the NFL, who for for the most part have a pretty established wide receiver group. This is a special year for the Cowboys in that you know CeeDee Lamb stepped up to be that wide receiver one. You have Michael Gallup. Uh, you know you have Noah Brown who who came to fruition this uh, this season. But was it that, or was was this just the perfect landing spot for Ty Possibly. To, to sit here and say, hey? I know I can make an impact here. And l- let me tell you why to, you know, the front office or whoever makes those decisions, because it's not us. We don't have any say in any <laughs> of that. Um, but I think wait, man, we don't. Are you sure? We don't. I'm obviously. I, contrary to what people believe. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> wait, We don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think TY's immediate impact has just been so felt. Mr. Third Down. I mean, my goodness. Good for him. And What I'm excited to see is kind of the long-term effect that the messages he's given to this wide receiver room have for years to come. And I say the same thing about Jason Peters um, and Tyler Smith with that long-term effect. You're looking 10 years down the road, and Tyler Smith's saying, oh, yeah, Jason Peters showed me that 10 years later. So Mm -hmm. that's what I'm excited to look forward to
1: as far as T.Y. and the wide receivers. I agree. I think – You know, going into this Washington game, we obviously didn't talk a lot about it. We've got a couple more days to get into that matchup. But I think the most important thing for the Cowboys to focus on is the Cowboys. And I've said this a lot with Patrick Walker this season. The only team I think that can beat the Cowboys is the Cowboys. When Mm -hmm. you look back at all of the losses, all of the losses, they've had four. But when you look back at each one of those games and you think about what went wrong, Every single time it was decision-making or it was a mental error, as Dan Quinn mentioned uh, yesterday in his press conference, uh, that the Cowboys are facing. And so I am really hopeful that with a couple of guys coming back this week, next week, we didn't get a chance to talk about the offensive line very much. But that's going to be a very important part of the game with – Tyler Biotish avoiding a serious injury. Matt Farniok being activated tomorrow. Tony Pollard will be back. You get a lot of these guys back who hopefully will kind of help the offense gel. And then for the playoffs, you know, we'll see Jonathan Hankins. The team is pretty confident that he comes back. You're happy that Nayshaun Wright is stepping up in that cornerback spot. So I think there's a lot of positive things to look forward to. It's a matter of, I think, getting through this week. I know that... Uh, Mike McCarthy and a couple of the players have emphasized that this is not going to be a rest week for them. They're going to, you know, it's a playoff-like atmosphere. It's preparing them for the playoffs, so they see no benefit in taking it light. So we'll see how that works out and how that plays to the advantage of the team. Before we go, ladies, uh, we've talked about a lot, but I want to ask if there was one thing that you could Fix if you had just a little button that you could click and you could say this will be perfect for the Dallas Cowboys team going into the playoffs. Where would you utilize that button?
3: Oh, barnacles!
1: I know. I'm sorry. I I uh, I put you all Uh, on the spot.
2: I'm gonna go with the obvious answer in the interceptions and not obviously because yes, turnovers will win games and they will cost you games as well. But for Dak's confidence, because I I just root for this guy to be the best version of himself to win to win these games, be the best leader you can be. And I want him to go into the rest of his this season, the rest of his career, feeling as confident as he can. And if that means taking the little maybe sound in his ear out of there talking about interceptions, just that. And for that reason, obviously, it would be nice to not see it, but more so for Dak's confidence and the rest of the team to be like, yeah, there you go. You know,
3: that's fine. I'm going to go defense. Um, my one little change would just be barnacles. Um, that the the change would be barnacles. No, 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 no.
1: It's a hard question.
3: I think, I think if is. the cornerback two it's spot is shored up, it's going to help you. I feel like in these last three games, however many games, the big play has hurt you. Yep. It is, if you can negate the big play, whatever that, it's like one big passing play, just one, a game. If you can mediate that, this defense is going to look so much better statistically and just also threat-wise. So um, that's my thing is that the cornerback put two position is shored up and that it's competitive and it's good.
1: That's exactly go. what I was going to say. I was going to say if we could limit the big plays, that would be great because Mike McCarthy talks about how the teams that are successful in this league are the teams that are doing the big play, not giving up mm. the big play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm with you right there. I would definitely shore up that cornerback spot. And I'd also like to see the run defense – or the run – excuse me, the run offense – Yes. getting back to yes. where it yes. is. I think you yes. missed Tony Pollard a lot, rightfully so. He needed a rest, he needed a break, just like we gave Zeke that break a couple of weeks ago. So I think you get that offense going. Malik Davis, I think, really showed out mm-hmm. uh, and, and showed that he is a capable running back three in there. So now you've got three potential running backs that can that can make that run offense work. So I'd love to see the one, two, possibly three punch get going. Ooh, uh, we should have right? said
3: offensive ba, ba, ba. line. We, nobody, we didn't say offensive line.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing about the offensive line is... I you want to fix it but i i don't think that that's necessarily the biggest problem on the problem. i think you've it's got a, a team full of pros who yeah you you want your guys to play where they where they want to play right sure. but i'm not necessarily concerned in that area the way i'm concerned with the cornerback spot yeah. or the way that i'm concerned about the run defense you know like we were a couple weeks ago or getting the pass rush back to where it is i think that offensive line is full of veterans we've said it time and time again there's three potential Hall of Famers on that line. I'm good with it. Yeah, being able to activate Farniak is just Huge. Farniak, if that's how I'm Farniak. saying it. Farniak. But just being able to do
3: that at this late in the season, there's teams scrambling <laughs> right now.
1: <laughs> is that how you say it? Farniak. Is it Farniak, I think. Farniak, uh, Farniak. We'll ask tomorrow for clarification. Yeah.
3: But, okay, I didn't want to mess it up. But, yeah, I just being able to elevate him at this time of year and just knowing that you have a guy dependable and just – Like, the depth is not always going to be perfect, but just having it there, you're right, is, like, if they're capable, they're capable. We're going to have to get it done regardless. Everybody going through something right now. Everybody. Mm -hmm.
1: Everybody. Everybody. Ladies, as always, Smart Football Talk missed hanging out with you guys. Hopefully, the next time I'm on here, I won't sound like a a broken record. But here we are. I love talking sports, love talking Cowboys with you guys. As we get into the week, the Cowboys officially play on Sunday at 345 against the Commanders. We're going to get into that matchup tomorrow. But uh, thanks so much for being with us on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating. We'll see you guys tomorrow.